Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast, where we focus on how authors found success, looking at strategies that have taken them to the top of the bestseller charts, as well as what they've learned from their mistakes. Because being an indie author is more than knowing the latest marketing trend. It's about being innovative and creative and learning from your mistakes. Welcome to Wish I'd Known Then podcast. I'm Sarah Rosette. And I'm Jamie Albright. And this week on the show, we have Megan Haskell. Yes, we do. And it's so fun. It's such a great interview. Megan is one of the co-hosts of the Author Wheel podcast. She and Greta, who we had Mm on a few weeks ago, um, run the Author Wheel when they have Mm -hmm. courses and stuff. It was really a great interview. Yeah, we talked to her about um, defining your success. Um, She's talked about how she's switched from thinking about it it from Mm -hmm. a financial point of view to more lifestyle type thing and um, talked about being a slow writer mm-hmm. and going wide. She has a Shopify store and merchandise. Yeah. So lots of good stuff in there. It was great. It was great. Yeah. So what's been going on with you? First well, of all, we, ha- we should say happy new year. Happy new year, everyone. Yeah. And I was gonna say, we haven't recorded anything mm-hmm. since before Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I have done like I was thinking about what I would talk about. I was like, absolutely nothing. Writing <laughs> basically, that's a, that is a little bit of an exaggeration because I've done a couple of things, but not. I pretty much took the week off between Christmas and New Year's, and I cleaned out my bookshelves. And I'm going to have a giveaway in my newsletter. I'm going to give away a bunch of my old books, you know. But that has been about it. I mean, spent yeah. time with family and read a whole bunch of books and That's just awesome. had a really good holiday. Yeah. It was really That's nice. Great. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad. So um, not a lot of news. What about you? Well, I don't know. And I don't know. Did we say happy new year on the Renee's episode last week? I don't know. I can't y'all. remember. It's been a we while. I can't remember yesterday. Um, let alone two weeks ago, but no, I'm good. Uh, our Christmas was good. Uh, we, in fact, my, uh, one of my sisters said, I'm really proud of us. And I said, <laughs> I am too. Like we had a little weepy moment because my youngest sister gave us all something, you know, to remember Joni by. So that was a little weepy moment. But then after that, we rallied and we played a couple of games after we did gifts and mm-hmm. my mom and dad played and it was really fun. I mean, we just, and Joni would have been, I think we honored her. And so, yeah. That was good. And um, so, yeah, I don't do resolutions. I, you know, yeah, me either. <laughs> I used to, but I, I mean, a long time ago, but I haven't in a long time. But I have, you know, what I want for this year, really for the rest of my life, not just this year, but is to be joyful mm-hmm. and to bring as much joy to other people as I can. Um, some of that I can control, some of that I can't, yeah. but I can you know, I can't control what happens to me, but I can control my reaction to it. And I think even in the worst of times, uh, this thing with Joni, my sister has taught me that, um, you can still find joy in the absolute worst situations. And, um, so that's what I want to carry through, um, into next year. So that's that's me. Is that your, is that your word? For the year, are you doing a word of the year? Or not? I know. Yeah, I, don't I mean, usually it do could one. be. I don't either. You know, <laughs> it could be, but I just—that's just where I want to be. I just want to be more joyful. Um, and that doesn't mean my circumstances are going to be awesome. But what it means is 
that that's how I can respond to things. Right. Yeah. Try to find it. Many, yeah. many times we can't control no. what's going on around us. No. Yeah. And, and we talk about that in this episode, you know, there's just so much we can't control, but um, we can control our responses. So anyway, yeah. we're, we're All so right. grateful for you guys. Hey, we are like at 820 something people yeah. in the Facebook group. So if you're not in the Facebook group, come join us. When we get to a thousand, we're going to do something fun. We have no idea what that's going to be, but it will be fun. Yes, and um, yeah, so we'd love to have you there. Yeah. And that link is in the show notes. And I think there's questions they have to answer to get in. It's been a while since we talked about this, but I yeah. think you might need to know that Jamie and I live in Houston, Houston. Yeah. most of the time. Most of the time, yeah. <laughs> Been a little hit or miss last year, but yeah, anyway. Yeah, and that's true. All right. Well, let's get on with the interview because it's All right. awesome. All right. Here's Megan. Today, we are really happy to talk to Megan Haskell. Hi, Megan. How are you? Good. How are you? We are doing well. Hanging in there in the new year. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to see you guys. It's been too long. I know. It has. It has. Yeah. So let me read your bio and then we'll jump into the questions. Uh, Megan Haskell writes fantasy adventures filled with myth, magic, and mayhem. She is also the co-founder of the Author Wheel, a podcast, website, books, and courses designed to help writers keep their stories rolling. I love that. Everybody needs that. Yeah. Um, So tell us how you got into writing. Sure. So my, my story is a little, a little different. Uh, I actually graduated from USC with a degree in undergraduate degree in business. And so I was working for one of the big accounting firms in downtown LA. Um, but I've always had kind of the split personality where I have a very analytical numbers kind of, you know, number crunching sort of side, but I also have a really creative side of a play piano and I've done all these other things too. So, um, so I had this num- number crunching job and I needed that creative outlet. And I was riding on the train from, I lived in Long Beach, which is about an hour south of LA um, on the train. And so I would take the train in every day. And so I started writing on the train and I never had any, initially had any like dreams of being published or anything like that. Um, but eventually, you know, it kind of caught the bug. Um, and so I was writing for probably, five or six years mm-hmm. um, when I got pregnant and I decided I was not going to return to my corporate job. And uh, so I had had my daughter and then I came up with an idea for Signore. And then it was like, oh, this has to be published. This is actually mm-hmm. a good story. Mm-hmm. And I had that business background. So I decided to go indie and the rest is history. That's awesome. <laughs> That's amazing. Just, yeah, it, it's, just it's different. It. I never yeah. had any creative, never had like, I would, didn't grow up writing stories. Mm-hmm. I was always a reader. I didn't either. Um, yeah. yeah. But I didn't grow up writing stories. I didn't have that drive. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when I was doing that commute, it was just like, it kind of just clicked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Now, when you stopped commuting, was it an adjustment to write like at your house or? Well, I had a newborn. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so yes. you're writing whenever you had time, right? <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I have pictures of me. I actually used to put her, she was one, uh, well, both my daughters actually mm-hmm. did not like to be put down for naps. Like I couldn't mm-hmm. put them in their crib very much. Mm-hmm. Um, they just were not sleepers that way. 
And so I would put them in one of those baby slings, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. um, and I would stand at the kitchen island and I would type while bouncing, you know, and and letting them nap. (laughs) Oh my Um, and that was how I found time. And, and Mm -hmm. so I learned, I learned very early on how to write in short bursts Mm -hmm. and do five minutes here, 15 minutes there, right when I can. Mm -hmm. And I was thrilled if I got, you know, 500 words in a day, like that was, that was an achievement. That was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that, that was my start um, really with working from home. Now they're older. So I do have a more regular schedule, Mm -hmm. but, uh, but that was writing in the gaps was, Mm -hmm. was my superpower at the time. (laughs) Yes, And I think that's so important. I think we should all try to develop that skill. I'm not great at that. I sort of need, you know, all the stars to align and the music to be right and the smells to be right and, you know, not have a chin hairs and then I can write. But <laughs> but I wish that I was more like that, that could just write whenever. Like um Kiki um Oliphant. Kirsten Oliphant, but Kiki. Uh she does that. Like she writes on the stairmaster. I'm on her phone. I'm just like in awe of stuff like that. So yeah. And, and it's, it's funny too, because I feel like, like I, I used to be really good at it. And mm-hmm. now that I have a more regular schedule, mm-hmm. I'm not as good as at good it. It's at definitely it, yeah. a skill that mm-hmm. has to be cultivated. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think like, if you can, if you can figure it out and I haven't figured it out yet, so don't get me wrong. I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm working on this, but if you can do dictation or write on your phone with your mm-hmm. thumbs mm-hmm. or um, those other things, like you can get that extra little bit and every extra little bit really helps and really counts. Helps. Um, yeah. So it, it's yeah. a good thing if, if you can, but it does take practice and it mm-hmm. takes that regular sort of mm-hmm. habitual, um, you know, activity to get, mm-hmm. to really get it mastered. Yeah. 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 And I think there's something about the pressure of knowing you only have this 10 minutes mm-hmm. or 20 minutes or whatever that can really mm-hmm. motivate you. And I think like, I know I've lost that as my kids have gotten older and I have more time. I don't have that super, I must get this done. And that urgency, like, Oh, this is my only chance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that makes a difference too. It definitely does. And the false urgency, I, I can create that using Pomodoros. So I don't know if you know mm-hmm. about Pomodoros, mm-hmm. probably do. Yeah. Um, go ahead, go ahead the, and that, explain them though, in case somebody hasn't heard of them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so Pomodoro's, it's actually a business technique. It was developed for productivity, particularly in the workplace. And Mm -hmm. the concept is basically you you set a timer and you have 25 minutes of focused time. So you don't do anything else. You pick your task, whatever that task is. And in our case, it's writing. Mm -hmm. Um, You turn off your email, you turn off all your distractions. You don't do answer anything or do anything else. You just focus for that 25 minutes to get as much done as you can. Then when your timer rings, you stop for five minutes, you stretch, get a coffee, get a water, whatever you need. Um, and then you do it for another 25 minutes. Um, and so in the business, the traditional truest form of a Pomodoro, you do four of those in a row and then you take lunch and then you do a final four and then you go home. Right. Um, and so that was kind of the concept, but what I have found works really well for me is if I set that timer for 25 minutes and I just write as much as I can, as fast as I can. So I usually give myself like two to five minutes of prep time before I start the timer where I'm like, just kind of getting into the scene, refreshing my memory of where I'm at, where I am in the book or what I'm, what the point is of what I'm trying to write or, or what's going on. 
and then set the timer 25 minutes, um, right for that 25 minutes, 25 minutes seems to be a real sweet spot. Like it's long mm-hmm. enough right. to make progress, but not so long that you start to slow down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I stop the timer and then I take a break and my break is longer than five minutes. Usually, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I go do laundry or I go do something else. And then I come back and I do another one later. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that works really well for me now that, like I said, now that I have that schedule where the kids are in school and I've got more dedicated time, I'm starting to have that same problem where it's like, Oh, I've got so much time. I can just, I can do it later. I can, mm-hmm. I can, I'll, I'll get, I'll figure it out. Um, but using the timers, it really, it really helps kind of block your, yeah. your schedule and focus you. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's very, a good way to go about it. Yeah. It is. And it, if you're like me and you know, you look at the whole manuscript instead of just looking at what you have to do that day, but even if what you have to do is a thousand words, that just seems like so much. And, you know, I mean, depending on the day, mm-hmm. that 25 minutes is a, you know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? That's a bite that I can yep. devour and I can accomplish and then I can move on. And so um, it, it helps me too. I really, yeah, I, I do like yeah. the Pomodoro. Yeah. yeah. And if anybody, yep. I would just looked on my phone, there's an app called flat tomato. Mm-hmm. It does Pomodoro's it. and it's very cool. It lets you set mm-hmm. different colors and things. Then it has little rewards, you know, after you do so many, you get little stars. It's, it's very fun. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Well, so yeah. tell us what is your definition of success? Okay. So I had to think about this one for a bit because <laughs> I, if you, if you're an Enneagram person, I'm an achiever type. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me in the past, success has always been defined quantitatively, um, where, you know, oh, if I make X dollars or if I produce X, you know, um, books in a year or whatever, you know, that, that was my quantifiable definition of success. And thanks to COVID in large part, and the fact that I'm a, I'm a mom and my kids are my first priority and I'm trying to be, I'm trying to build a business around my kids' schedules. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my priority and my focus. I've had to redefine success and make it more qualitative. Um, I'm also privileged enough, lucky enough that, you know, I don't have to pay the mortgage. My, my husband's job takes care of all of that. So I don't have to define it monetarily, (laughs) which is, which is both a good thing and a very difficult thing for me. Um, So instead, what I've tried to do is define success by lifestyle and by setting and achieving specific goals. Um, So for, you know, for a while it was, okay, I just have to finish the next book. That's success. If I can finish that next book, then I'm, I've done what I intended to do. Um, and I think long-term big picture goal, it's building a business, like I said, around my kids in a way that, um, keeps me grounded, keeps me with my own identity. Mm -hmm. I, I, if you're your moms, you know what I'm talking about? Like Mm -hmm. moms sometimes have a tendency to define themselves by their kids. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do that. I, that's not my personality. So having that separate identity that separate um, structure and hopefully inspiring my kids to follow their passion, find a way to make it a business or make it work, to have that entrepreneurial spirit, that instilling that, that ethic of hard work and, you know, productivity and not just 
wasting time, you know, on watching TV or on Facebook or other things, you know, finding that, that being productive, being a creator instead of a consumer. Um, so it's a qualitative definition of success, but if I can do that, if I can inspire my girls and if I can build my own business and contribute to the family, even if it's not like a defined dollar amount, mm-hmm. but contribute to the family and keep my identity, um, then that's, that's success for me. That's awesome. That's great. Great answer. Great answer. Cause I think, I think <laughs> that's you. true. And I think that it's true for this business, this type of business, any creative business really, because it's just so, there are just so many things we can't control, you know? Yeah. And uh, so we have to make sure we're putting parameters and, and putting goals up that, or, or making checklists against things we actually can control. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. Great. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, uh, what about, what do you wish you'd known about writing and craft when you first started? So I, this one was actually kind of tough for me because I feel like there's lots of stuff I wish I'd known and also that I know that I don't know yet. And <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> yeah, well. you know, I think writing craft, part of the reason I love this job is that you're constantly learning mm-hmm. and you're constantly growing. Wow. So I think what I wish I had known when I started was that this is not, there is no end goal, really. I mean, there is no, there is no it's, this is not a thing where you can be like, oh, I made, you know, C, I made CEO, so I'm done, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You already are your own CEO, mm-hmm. technically, if you're, mm-hmm. if you're indie anyway. But, um, but there's no ending point. Mm-hmm. And so going back to that measurement of success, it's a constantly moving goalpost. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so with, with the writing and the craft side of things, it's that there's always something more to learn. There's always something, some new educational craft book that you can yeah. read or course you can take or something mm-hmm. you can improve on. You know, you can pick dialogue or you can pick plot or you can pick, you know, uh, world building, whatever it is, but there's always something that you can do better. Um, and I think that was, I think I kind of knew that going in. But it's really hit home more recently as I, especially as I start, you know, as I teach, mm-hmm. um, cause you realize what you don't know when you try to teach yeah. something, yeah. <laughs> you have to learn it. Um, and so that's been sort of, uh, revealing, I guess, for me. Yeah. It's one of those things that like, if we probably understood how much we needed to learn, <laughs> in the beginning, we might not even try it. So it's probably good. We didn't know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, it's, it goes back to the, how do you eat a whale? Right. Like Mm -hmm, one, mm -hmm. one bite at a time. Mm -hmm. When you're first starting out, you don't know how big that whale is. It's probably a good thing. You have no idea. And you don't know what you don't know, you know, and that was uh, when I was in that critique group that I talk about all the time that kicked my butt from here to Timbuktu. Um, that there was another newer author in there with me. And she kept saying that, God, you don't know what you don't know. And it's like, when you realize, Oh, there's so much like for me, because I was learning as I was going, I did have that mentality. Oh, when I get to this point, I will have it all figured out. And then you get there and you're like, 
Oh my gosh. Um, there's so uh, much more yeah, that I yeah. don't know. Yeah. yeah. So I it's like a reverse funnel. You start out with this, like, little narrow yeah. pathway that you think you're going. And then all of a sudden you get to that point and it's like opens up and it's yeah. even bigger. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to go are. home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure marketing is the same way because mm-hmm. we all start out, you know, and we do yeah. our, what marketing we can do, but what do you wish you'd known about marketing? You know, looking back, is there anything that you wish you'd known? I wish I'd known it wasn't linear. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is having come from that corporate background, mm-hmm. um, you have a very clearly defined path to success, right? Mm-hmm. You do mm-hmm. X, Y, Z, you get promoted, you do X, Y, Z again, you get promoted again, you keep going up, you bring in enough business, you get yeah. promoted. You know, it's like there's a very clearly defined yeah. structure um, and rating system, quite honestly, on, on what it means to succeed, on what it means to continue to grow. Right. Um, and that path is very linear. Mm-hmm. With marketing and the business side of the book industry, it is not linear. You figure one thing out and then it stops working. And then you've got to figure out something else. And then that stops working. And so you go back to the original thing and now it's working. It's working again, but maybe not as well as it was. And then you got to do something. And it's and so your income goes up and down you don't yeah. have any clear path to how to succeed financially, mm-hmm. like, you know, from, mm-hmm. from that marketing side of things. Um, and so again, you're always learning. You're yeah. always having to try new things. You're always having to experiment, which makes this job interesting and makes it fun, but it also makes it really frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think part of our problem as indie authors is we have taken a lot of the things from the business world mm-hmm. and tried to apply them to freelance creative writing endeavors. And all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, you know, that, you know, what typically would work well in a business may not work at all at, yeah. in it for a creative, like yeah. the, the path that you think, oh, well, if I get X number of books out, or if I do blank, then blank will happen. And that isn't always the case. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it right. is, but not always. Well, right. and also, and like, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, yeah, I mean, you could have, you could have the breakout debut novel and do mm-hmm. really, really well. And then your next book could tank. Or you can, mm-hmm. ha- or you can put out 10 books and have barely any success. And then finally that 11th book, you put it out and it does really well. And now everything in your backlist is doing really well. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. kind of this, like, you just have to keep chugging along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trying yeah. different things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's so true. I mean, I'm just sitting here thinking of example of after example of things that are true about that statement. So I think that's awesome. Um, what assumptions did you make at the beginning of your writing career and looking back, did they turn out to be right or wrong? Assumptions. Well, I think I assumed I would be making more money than I am right now. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I thought, I thought the business side would be easier, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not, it's not an easy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I, it, it kind of goes all back to that same, that linear progression. You mm-hmm. think, oh, well, you know, I have 10 books out now, so I should be making X dollars. And when that doesn't quite mm-hmm. come or true, that. it can feel like failure, even mm-hmm. though it, it's really not because how many people say they're going to write a book and never even write one, mm-hmm. right? So you've still mm-hmm. succeeded. Right. Just maybe not quite hit that bar you set for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um and so, so I'd say that, I mean, that's kind of the biggest thing. Like I, you assume that 
everything, you know, if you just keep working, everything's going to go your way. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Well, I was thinking when you were talking about this, you know, when you get a raise or like in a normal job or in corporate America in particular, like the people making the decision about whether you progress or don't progress generally know you and, and you have some relationship and you can affect that in some way. The people making decisions about us don't even know who we are. They're very fickle. They, (laughs) they come and go, they, you know, so it's like, that's one of those things you cannot control. So you have to decide again, you have to go back to how you measure your success. So, and, Mm -hmm. and, put some parameters around it for things you can control. Yeah. Yep. And the thing is, exactly. even if you have like 10 books out and you're not, or whatever number out and you're not earning what you thought you would, you have those books and they will exist for years in your copyright. If you're indie published and mm-hmm. who knows what will happen in the future. You know, you have endless possibilities, but sometimes it's hard to see that when you're mm-hmm. in the moment. Right trying to figure out what's going on. Exactly. (laughs) So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we always like to ask about mistakes and lessons learned. (laughs) So um, uh, do you have um, anything that um, you made a mistake, but it turned out to be a good thing? Okay. Mistake that turned out to be a good thing. Um, I I really, (laughs) I struggled to come up with this one. I've made a lot of mistakes. (laughs) We all have. I need a long sister. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so I'm, I'm, this is, I don't know that this is really a mistake. I had, um, a purpose for it, but, um, when I first took over what was then Orange County writers, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I did it because I, I was with Greta, mm-hmm. Greta Boris, you had her on mm-hmm. earlier. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to it. Yes. She's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, so Greta and I took over OC writers and we thought that we were going to be able to give back to the community. Number one, that was our first priority, which we did. Um, but then we thought, well, since we're doing this and we're teaching and we're learning how to, you know, run communities and, and, um, critique groups and, and we did this like Monday morning, um, writing group and everything, mm-hmm. we thought, well, this is going to be a great launching point for building a business, a nonfiction business. Mm-hmm. Um, that yes, we're going to give back and we're going to do all this stuff, but then these people are going to trust us and we can start to teach and we can start to make a little, you know, money doing courses and, and mm-hmm. other stuff. And um, that never quite panned out the way we had planned it, mm-hmm. um, or had hoped it would work out. Now, ultimately, um, we did give OC writers back to its original founder, Deanna Cameron, who's a wonderful woman and gives so much back to the community. And she kept it as just a purely nonprofit. I mean, it's not tech, it's not a 501 C three or mm-hmm. whatever that is, but, um, but it's a volunteer organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and Greta and I started the author wheel. And so what, so it wasn't really a mistake, but right. it just had to morph. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had to say, no, we need to separate these two things. These are different expectations, different audiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and we started building the author wheel and 
that satisfies you going back to my split personality, I need to have a creative side for sure, which is the writing. Um, but I also have this, like, I need to have structure and I need to have community and I need to have that like analytical, um, expertise, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so for me, building the nonfiction business has satisfied both sides of my personality. Mm -hmm. So another, you could call it a mistake, um, is that I've split my time. So I'm not producing fiction as fast and I'm not producing <laughs> nonfiction as fast. Right. I'm kind of doing both, you know, and it slows down both. But for me, and again, going back to that definition of success, mm -hmm. that satisfies my creative internal drives and my internal definitions of success um, a little bit more because it keeps me grounded in both sides of my personality. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and so we've been able to build that up. And that's been really, really good and really um, we give back to the community. We do the podcast stuff. So I feel like I'm building that community. I have that environment that I'm looking for. It's also analytical. We're mm -hmm. creating courses. We're doing, you know, teachable online. We're doing all these different things. And it just, yeah, it keeps me, it keeps me centered, yeah. even mm -hmm. though it splits me apart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think a lot of people feel like that, like maybe not necessarily the fiction, nonfiction split, but a lot of people have like two or three genres. They Mm -hmm. either do write in or they yeah. want to write in. So like, how do you split your time and how do you, uh, do you, do you do both at the same time? Do you divide your day? Do you divide your weeks or how, how do you do it? So, so I try to prioritize. So, so I actually, um, I have, I use an app called Todoist, which is my to-do lists. And mm -hmm. with that, I go through every day and I try to decide, okay, priorities, what needs to be done now? Mm -hmm. What can be put off? What, you know, how do I, um, you know, triage basically my, <laughs> yeah. my, my checklist, yeah. my to-do list. <laughs> um, and then I just try, I try to make sure that every day I'm doing at least a little bit on the creative side and a little bit on the nonfiction side. Um, and then on a weekly basis, I try to make sure that time is split 50, 50, um, and the same on a, on the monthly basis, I try to like take a big picture look too to make sure that that it's not overwhelmingly one sided. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and there are times when things get a little crazier, like you know we're doing a whole bunch of interviews for the podcast, and so we you know that takes a lot of time just having the conversations. Um, and so that will take that'll be what I do for the nonfiction, right? Mm -hmm. And that will be kind of it. And I won't be doing the nonfiction writing, but mm -hmm, just the podcasting. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and then I try to set aside the rest of the time for writing fiction. Um, mm -hmm. And so I kind of do it that way. And I just yeah. sort of do my best to keep it balanced. I mean, yeah. I think that's all you can do. Right. Yeah. Very and true. I think that's smart because, you know, what we tend to do is the tyranny of the urgent, like mm -hmm. whatever fire is burning the hottest and brightest mm -hmm. and about to take down the building is the one we run to. And if, but if you can keep things kind of, you know, even, and you give a little bit of time to each, I think that that would work really well. I mean, I feel like that's a good, solid, stable way to do it as much as you mm -hmm. can. Yeah. I'm sure there are the times when it's not like that, but you know. Yeah, there are definitely times when it's not. And I'm also, I'm starting something new for January and we'll see how it goes. So I can't, I can't speak to how effective <laughs> it's going to be. But um, so I've 
started a, a daily journal for work. Um, mm -hmm. And so I've created a checklist of like the habits that I want to make. And one of those habits is, you know, at least two Pomodoros every day writing fiction so that I can mm -hmm. start to build up my speed on yeah. mm -hmm. the fiction a little bit, a little bit faster. Um, and so if I get it, then I get my little check mark and I get mm -hmm. the do a little happy dance. Mm -hmm. um, and if I don't, then, well, I try not to be too hard on myself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which, exactly. Is where, which is where it could go wrong. We'll yes. see. Yes. Um, but the idea being that, you know, it's, it's, uh, we actually, this is something we teach, but um, I haven't necessarily kept up with it as much as I should have. And we originally read about it. It's called the Seinfeld method. It was some article that we read about how Seinfeld told some young comedian that like the young comedians that ask, you know, how do you, how do you keep up mm -hmm. with your mm -hmm. creative side? How do you keep making jokes on seven goes, well, you get a calendar and you put an X because you spent, you know, you spend your, your 10 minutes writing jokes that day or whatever. Right. And every day your goal is to make an X and you don't want to break the chain. So you just keep going and you don't break the chain. Um, and that's how you create the habit. That's how you create the productivity. And so I've done it in the past and it's really, really helpful. And then you get out of the habit and all of a sudden mm -hmm. it's like, oh, I haven't written anything yeah. in five yeah. days. What's wrong with me? And it's um, so much harder to go back to. Trust it me. is. It yeah. really is. And so getting that habit and that check mark and that dopamine hit, mm -hmm. I think it's dopamine, dopamine <laughs> hit of, you know, getting a little star for the day or the bright pink mm -hmm. circle or whatever, you know, um, but rewarding yourself for that habit is what I'm hoping will help. <laughs> <laughs> you can come back later in the year and tell us if it helped or not. <laughs> I'll give you the recap. Yeah. <laughs> so that leads me to the next question. Have you ever had an idea that you thought this is awesome and it turned out to not be so great? Oh, I've had plenty of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to give the biggest one. The okay. biggest, worst. Best horse idea. idea. Yeah. Yeah, the best, best idea. idea. Yeah. Um, it really, it, I still don't think it was a bad idea. It just <laughs> didn't work. Um, so basically, I wrote my my original series, The Signore Chronicles, um, which is sort of an action-adventure portal fantasy mm -hmm. um, series. Mm -hmm. And so I had, you know, four and a half, four and a novella books in that series. And I was like, I am going to write the prequel history, this epic fantasy that is going to tell the history of this world and these characters because they're elves. They live a really long time. So it was like, you know, a thousand years in the past, but they were elves. So it was still some of the same characters, mm -hmm. but it was going to be this big, epic, honking, chonky fantasy, or at least for me, chonky. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so I wrote it and it took a really long time and it was really, really hard. And it was, it was a very challenging book to read, to, to write. Um, but I loved it. Right. And it, I'm still so proud of that book. Um, but what I didn't realize <laughs> was <laughs> that my action adventure fantasy readers didn't necessarily want to read an epic fantasy because even though they were related, even though they had some of the same characters, the genres, and they're both fantasy, right? Mm -hmm. um, the genres were too different. And then COVID hit. And so yes. it slowed me down even more because mm -hmm. I was, you know, my kids were home 100% yeah. of the time and I was homeschooling and all this other stuff. And so I wrote the first book 
first one, published it right as COVID hit and mm -hmm. was really excited about it. It, it. it got an honorable mention from um, the Reader's Favorite Book Awards and it was in the self-published fantasy, spiffbo, self-published fantasy blog off competition. And mm -hmm. it was a semi-finalist in that. So it's a good book. It's mm -hmm. a good, it's a really good book. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> trying to write the second one and I got the draft done but it was way darker and just a hot mess because <laughs> of COVID, because were during COVID. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it was two years and it was gone and it was like oh and so then you know I'm starting a new series and it's back yeah. to more of the adventure fantasy mm -hmm. portal fantasy unrelated to Signore Chronicles and I'm sort of starting I don't want to say starting over because that's right. not true. I mean, I definitely still have fans and I, mm -hmm. and I have people who've stuck with me and followed me and everything. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, but I have to, I had to get back to that original four. Mm -hmm. um, and so meanwhile, the book two in that series is languishing on my computer until I can find the mental headspace to go back and edit it and make it yeah. not, yeah. not a hot mess. Yeah. Well. <laughs> You know, I mean, that's just part of the process. It's part of the deal. And that's, it's hard to accept that in our current, in the current situation of indie publishing where mm -hmm. it's produce, produce, produce. And yeah, it's the culture of speed. It's the culture of speed. And I'm a turtle. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. And me too. Me mm -hmm. too. And, and mm -hmm. it's, it's hard because mm -hmm. you see all these writers who are putting out really good books mm -hmm. too. I mean, I'm not, they're not, they're not crummy books. Mm -hmm. um, you know, everybody talks about Pulp Fiction and stuff and, and sometimes they are, but a lot of them are really well written and yep. writers can put out thousands and thousands and thousands of words a day. And I'm going, Oh my God. <laughs> I'm so happy for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, exactly. It's like, I, oh, am. I can admire them. Mm -hmm. I just haven't figured out how to do that myself yet. I'm just, I think I get the too much thing in my is, Things have yeah. seemed, have always worked out for me. And I mean, I'm lucky. And so things have worked out. They will work out for you. They will work out for everyone. It just takes some time. And yeah. listen to me being so positive. Um, <laughs> and so, but yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's, a, it's a marathon. Yeah, it yeah. is a marathon. a marathon. And I was Not just thinking about that when you were talking about your kids and everything. I mean, you just have so much time that you can really invest in this and, and do what it is you want to do as far as building something your kids can, can in, be inspired by and all of those things. So you're good. You're all good. So no, thank, you. You thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. And I think we're getting to the point um, that we can say, okay, this person's a fast writer, but I'm a mm -hmm. slow writer and that's okay. Mm -hmm. I think for mm -hmm. a while we were all trying to be fast writers mm -hmm. or I know I was, I was mm -hmm. drawn into that going, I can write faster. I can write faster. And maybe that's not the best thing for me in my writing mm -hmm. to try and be something that I'm not. So. Right. I think us slower writers, we just have to keep plodding along, yeah. which we're good at. So that's yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tortoise and the hare. Both that's get right. to the finish line. That's right. So. Yeah. So what is the biggest mindset change you've had to make during your writing career? 
it was it was that switch from I'm going to be a six figure author and be hugely financially successful and you know be the be the income for my family so my husband can do the thing that he wants to do which mm-hmm. actually turns out he really loves his job so it's fine <laughs> yeah yeah mine was like no don't don't retire me please yeah mine too yeah yeah exactly um but uh, but yeah so it was that change in mindset from I'm going to define myself by how much money I make mm-hmm. um, to I'm going to define myself by all these qualitative measures mm-hmm. um, and whether I can help people and reach mm-hmm. people, inspire my kids, mm-hmm. build a business around my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been hard. Like I said, I'm, I'm the Enneagram achiever. I'm, I'm a three wing four and I, I, that, I, that was like a core definition of who I was, was this, like, I was always like the straight A student. Mm-hmm. I was always, I had a 4.2 GPA in high school, Woo! Mm-hmm. right? Like I was a cum laude in college. Like this mm-hmm. was who I was, was like all this like overachiever, um, quantitative measures of success. Mm-hmm. And so as an adult, that was financial. It was definitely mm-hmm. financial. And mm-hmm. when I quit my job, um, you know, I, I left a six figure income to be mm-hmm. a stay at home mom who wrote. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I have to prioritize things. Yeah. And so yeah. it's been, it's taken me 10 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> but slowly but surely, I'm redefining what success means mm. for me so that I don't get caught up in some of that, you know, burnout situations, I I can't afford to do that Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. And so finding a new way to define yeah, what that success, what that achievement Mm -hmm. means for me. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Say that like by changing your focus, you have probably saved yourself from burnout, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I just, I just love that. I, I mean, and you are young. I mean, you're a lot younger than me. And <laughs> me too. I just love that you, you're seeing that now because nothing breaks my heart more than going to a conference or being in a seminar or whatever, or being online and just seeing people basically feel like failures because they can't do what they perceive as everyone else doing. And the fact is, it's not everyone else. It is a set group of people and they are amazing. But we just have to do our thing and mm-hmm. and figure out how we can feel good about it, be successful, get the words written, getting things done. And I just love that. I love that you're so, you're finding that out now. I love that. So. Well, thank you. Oh. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think a big key part of it too, is recognizing that the most vocal people aren't necessarily even the most successful people No, really. Like when mm-hmm. it comes down to it, everybody can find a way to build a business around mm-hmm. in this industry yeah. um, or even creatives in general, like mm-hmm. there are a million paths to success. Mm-hmm. And so the most vocal ones are maybe the brightest stars out mm-hmm. there that you see, but there are all these other paths that are in the shadows that that people are finding really valuable ways of bringing their their creative life, whether that's writing or art or whatever, into the world and, and making money doing it. Um, I, and I think that's that's the way forward. I think for most people, it's finding mm-hmm. what works for you, the path that works 
for you. And it's one of the things we, we talk about all the time on the author wheel too. It's that there's no single right way to write, publish, or promote your books. It's just what works for you and defining your own goals, understanding yourself first, and then finding the path or mapping the path um, for yourself. That's how you're yeah. going to find happiness. And that's how you're going to find, you know, that, that uh, satisfaction mm -hmm. in what you're doing. And what's sustainable. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think that's great. Well, let's transition a little bit to your website. So you have a Shopify store. So tell I us do. all about that. <laughs> Did you have something before the Shopify store or is this a new thing? So I decided, well, really when I started uh, publishing, I never liked the idea of being exclusive with Amazon. Mm -hmm. um, I was, I was for a while um, and I did okay, but eventually the sales trailed off. And so I decided, because I'm not a fast writer, you know, right. it, it, mm -hmm. I couldn't keep up with that, with that pace and the, the churn of mm -hmm. Kindle Unlimited. Mm -hmm. um, so, so I decided I was going to go wide. So at first I just did, you know, the, the usual Kobo, I went Kobo draft to digital Barnes and Noble, um, Apple, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, I found that that was really hard to get traction still. Um, and it's a slow burn. So for slow writers who can be patient enough, it works. Um, you can get traction, but it just takes time. Um, and then I, I don't know, I started listening to people talking about direct sales on their websites and mm -hmm. figuring that out. So, it, um, about a year ago, I decided to switch from Squarespace, which is who I had hosted my website with before, to, um, to, to Shopify. And the reason I switched was because Squarespace, I could sell paperbacks, mm -hmm. but I couldn't sell digital products. Mm -hmm. um, at least not, I couldn't hook it up to BookFunnel to mm -hmm. do an immediate automatic delivery. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, like through Squarespace, I had to just give them the PDF or give them a link to download the book. And it's like, mm. well, but then that link could be shared. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, you couldn't make it unique to that, that reader or that buyer. Um, so I switched to Shopify about a year ago, a little, little less than a year ago. I think I actually made the transition in March, um, or April and, uh, it's been good. You know, I, I don't, I don't make a ton of money direct mm -hmm. from my website, but it's yet. definite yet. yet exactly no no and that's very true because mm -hmm. it's a slow mm -hmm. burn this wide stuff when you go wide you have to be prepared for a slow growth it's not like mm -hmm. Kindle Unlimited where you're going to have your first month be you know tens of thousands of dollars or mm -hmm. you know whatever I mean I don't know how many people actually make ten, tens of thousands of dollars <laughs> on their first <laughs> but mm -hmm. you know what I mean yeah. uh, so um it, it is definitely a slow growth path mm -hmm. um but, uh, but, but selling direct, I've more than made back the money that I spent to switch to Shopify. Um, and it's supplementing the rest of my wide income. Um, mm -hmm. because that, the, again, the other thing about wide is that because you're getting income from multiple sources, each one might be small, but mm -hmm. as a whole, it starts to, you know, it start, it adds up. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, so that's, so that's what I did. That's why I did that. And um, so if you want to support me, please buy books direct. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Do you do anything 
different with your Shopify store? Do you send people there first? Do you release exclusively there? Do you do anything like that? Or, or do you just use your newsletter to let people know? Mostly my newsletter. Um, So in every single newsletter that I send out at the bottom, I say, you know, if you want to buy my books, please consider buying direct. It's it. I earn the most money off of those books. I can give the best discounts. The thing that I do that's unique for my website is I bundle all three formats that I have mm-hmm. for, for the books that I have all three formats. Mm-hmm. Um, so the ebook, the paper, signed, you know, signed paperback, which I always sign all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're coming from me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the audiobook for the ones that I have the audiobook. Mm-hmm. And I bundle that into a discount. So if you buy all three formats, that or if you like all three formats, you know, you can you can get that. Oh. Um, so I can give a little bit better deals on the website mm-hmm. than than what I can do elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course with the paperbacks, you get them signed, which right. yeah. nowhere else you can get them signed mm-hmm. except for from my website. Um so yeah, so that's what I do that's kind of exclusive. And because it's still new, I haven't had any releases yet. Um actually, no, I take that back. I did release Aether Bound direct to my website first for a little while. Um, mm-hmm. But the website was still so new that it didn't really do much for me. Um, and same with the audiobook. I released it first to my website um, for about a month or two. And mm-hmm. I had a couple a couple sales direct that way, um, mm-hmm. but mostly still on other, other sites yeah. for that. Yeah. Um, but going forward, that is the plan is mm-hmm. to... I'm probably going to start doing a Kickstarter first. Um, it'll be my first Kickstarter. I'm excited. Um, so that's coming out this year. And then it'll release the Kickstarter. Um, then it'll release to my website. Then I'll release mm-hmm. it wide to all of the various platforms. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like great. a really good plan. That's mm-hmm. kind of the way I'm waiting to. Mm-hmm. So I love that plan. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it makes sense to me. Um, and I'm, I'm, trying to learn more about advertising and ways to draw people to the website, ways to get more people onto my newsletter. Cause a lot of things I used to do aren't necessarily working as well anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so trying to get that funnel started better yeah. at the top is yeah. kind of a focus for this year for me. But, um, but ultimately I think that is the way to and not, I mean, you can't guarantee success, but if you own that list, if you own your website, right. you're not relying on all the other platforms right. and, and the social media and all that stuff to, to sell your books. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Well, I noticed you had some merchandise too mm-hmm. on your store. So tell us about that. How did that come to be? And did you design this stuff yourself? All this, all that. So that's, uh, so my friend Garrett Robinson, um, mm-hmm. he is a, yeah, so he's a, he's a fantasy author. Yeah. Um, we chat every so often and I went onto his website and he had a t-shirt that I just thought was so fun. It says, I, um, have I told you I write books yet? <laughs> this is the t-shirt. So I bought his t-shirt t-shirt and then I asked, you know, so how, how are you doing this? How are you selling this direct on, on your site? And so he pointed me to a company called Printify. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's on demand mm-hmm. printing, merchandise printing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't hold the stock or anything like that. People go to my website, they buy it. They, the Printify takes care of the actual printing and the distribution mm-hmm. and the shipping and all that stuff. Um, so it was a little tricky to get set up from just the integration side of things. Um, but once I got it figured out, it was pretty simple. 
Um, and then the designs, yeah, there's one design that I commissioned. Um, mm -hmm. It's the Myth, Magic, and Mayhem, Carnivorous Pixie sitting on the moon. Um, and uh, so I commissioned that one recently and I got, you know, full rights, uh, full commercial rights and everything to sell that. Um, so that's, that was that one. And then the other ones I've just designed on Canva. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. so the, the crazy, like a Fox one is comes from my book, Aether Bound, which sh my character has a mug, um, that mm -hmm. has that design on it. So I just created the design. I was like, I'm going to make the mug. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love and, it. and so it was, you know, easy enough. And, and I already had the ca Canva um, pro subscription or whatever, because I use mm -hmm. that for social media mm -hmm. graphics and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and so I just uploaded it to Printify. Printify takes care of the logistics and pretty cool. That's yeah. amazing. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> well, let's talk about the author wheel. Um, yeah. So we had talked to Greta, but tell us like from your perspective, what's the best thing about it for you? So the best thing about it for me is the, again, it's that it fits that corporate side of my brain. Mm -hmm. um, and it lets me interact with other writers. Mm -hmm. um, like the podcast, especially this, well, we did, we finished season one, we did season one in the fall. Um, and we interviewed Sarah. So Sarah, if you <laughs> haven't heard our interview with Sarah, go check it out. Cause it's awesome. great. Um, in fact, it's our, it's our most downloaded episode. Ooh. Oh, wow. wow. Um, yeah. That's awesome. yeah. <laughs> so popular. It was a great interview. It was really, it was, it was so much really fun. It was a lot of fun um, to talk to y'all. Yeah. Yeah. And so that podcast in particular has been, so I was, I was dragged into it. Let me be clear. Greta really wanted to do a podcast <laughs> and as with it seems like all things for me it was like I was going oh but that sounds like a lot of work I don't know yeah. if we have the time you know right, uh, right. she's like no we have to do this this is gonna be great it's gonna be better than the than the blog which we've been doing for a couple of years yeah. um before that um and and it does it lets me connect with other writers and other mm -hmm. professionals and get that that it's part of that achiever personality that you know expertise and becoming a professional and success mm -hmm. yeah. in that way. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's, that's been the biggest thing for me. And then, you know, we're teaching and we're mm -hmm. putting up these courses and we're helping writers Our and our target audience really, when it comes down to it, are the people who are finished with a manuscript, maybe they've written a book or two, um, but are kind of still trying to figure out how to break into this industry because yeah. when you're first starting out there's so much information mm -hmm. it's just a fire hose yeah. and you're mm -hmm. you're feel totally overwhelmed mm -hmm. and so we wanted to be sort of the guides and be like okay these are the people we trust these are the resources that we've relied on mm -hmm. this is the information that we've learned right and so we're kind of curators or 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 um we're breadth not depth you know, mm -hmm. um, as far as our content goes, but then we can point you in the right direction to the people that give you the depth in that particular subject, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's been, it's been really rewarding to see and hear from some of our students who've come back and said, Oh man, you just clarified everything. Right. Like, that makes it, you, it makes it simple. Um, you know, we try to do at, 
try to do the eat the whale concept, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. One bite at a time, one step at a time, do one thing, pick Mm -hmm. that next thing and do that and then choose the next thing Mm -hmm. rather than getting totally overwhelmed by everything. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's just been that hearing from, from reader or from readers and writers who are, are students um, and hearing that, that we've actually been successful in Mm -hmm. that just, it, it helps my heart. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. would mine too. That sounds amazing. Yeah. 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 So y'all have the podcast, but then you also have books and courses too, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So tell us yeah, a little bit so, about those. Um, so we started out with the author wheel doing a blog. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's still up and available. If you want to check it out, um, it's authorwheel.com. And then you just click on the blog. I think it's just slash blog, but go click on the link for the blog. <laughs> and there's a ton of information there. And so what we started out doing was we blogged our process from idea generation through the editing and final stages of creating a book. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after we did that, we decided to bundle that information up, rewrite it, revise it, put it all together into quick guides. Um, So that's our most recent release on the book side of things is are these quick guides. We have three out so far with three more planned. Um, And the first three are productive writing habits, um, understanding your genre and planning a novel, which is not plotting a novel, mind you, it's not outlining, but it's like, Mm -hmm. how do you, how do you find inspiration? How do you create Uh, do your world building and start setting up your story Mm -hmm. before you ever write that first. Right. Right. So we have those out now. And then, um, and then the other one that we have, uh, which is older, but it's published, take charge of your author career, which um, Greta was originally traditionally published. So she comes and explains like how to get published traditionally. I explain how to self-publish and indie publish. And then we talk about the similarities and the differences and the pros and the cons Again, we don't believe there's any right way to go Correct. or right path. Um, for some people, traditional is going to make the most sense. And for other people, it's really not. So we talk about that. And then we have a course around that. And and then we built a course, just recently released a course um, for the productive writing habits. Um, and so those are available on Teachable. And you can find out all that information on our Author Wheel website. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and then we're planning on doing a Kickstarter this year as well to create the omnibus paperback of the quick guides, because each of them are really short. Um, they're, they're only like 10,000 words. The idea being one bite at a time. This is a very short, quick, quick guide. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, and then we're compiling them together. So Yeah. yeah, it's a snack. It's something that you can read in a day or two get some really good ideas mm-hmm. and apply those to your writing life and then move on to the next thing. And so you can pick obviously which topics you want to go into more detail on. Um, but we're going to create, we're going to use Kickstarter to create a paperback omnibus version of those quick guides and the, you know, the pre-writing or we haven't mm-hmm. come up with the exact title yet, but, mm-hmm. um, but all of that. And so we'll be launching that this year too. Yeah. Awesome. Looking That's forward great. to that. That'd yeah. Be exciting. I just think that's so fantastic. I, I think, you know, I'm all about helping. I mean, I'm number two on the with a three wing on the Enneagram. And so I'm all about the helping and I want to help. And um, so I, I just love that you're doing that. I love that you're giving people, they're kind of wandering around in the dark, 
you know, a little bit of not a shortcut, but just a line to follow, you know, yeah. and because a lot of us, that's what we need. We just need mm-hmm. that line to follow. We, mm-hmm. we don't have, we don't want anybody to do it for us. We just want to know where to go next. And I, I, I think that's awesome. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think the best thing you've done to set yourself up for success has been? I think for me, it's my willingness and uh, desire to learn Mm -hmm. because for me, that's been the constant is Mm -hmm. that I have always been looking for that next thing to, to learn or to do, or to add to my repertoire Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and practice. Mm -hmm. And so I think, although, you know, I've, I've now been published for, almost seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's taken me that long and I have been slow. I think for me going forward and that set, like you said, setting, setting up for success, I have all the knowledge I need. I have all the skills. I just have to apply them. Mm-hmm. And I think eventually I'll get there. Right. I just keep plodding forward. Um, and, and eventually I will, I will have the monetary financial success that I originally dreamed of. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love think it. That's wonderful. I love it. Okay. Yeah, me, yeah. Too. me too. Well, where can people find out more about you and the author wheel as well? So I am at meganhaskell.com. That's M-E-G-A-N-H-A-S-K-E-L-L. Mm-hmm. Um, so not with an H, no H, mm-hmm. <laughs> no E-A. <laughs> M-E-G-A-N. Um, no, so meganhaskell.com. And then author wheel is just authorwheel.com. And so those are the two primary places to find me. All right. right. Well, this has been wonderful. Thank you Mm -hmm. for coming on today and just chatting with us. Uh, We'll have all those links in the show notes and you can find those at wish I'd known then podcast.com. And Mm -hmm. thanks to Alexa Larberg for editing and producing the podcast and to Adriel Wiggins for doing the admin. We'll see everybody next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. We hope this episode inspired you, empowered you, and made you laugh a little bit too. If you loved it, tell your friends about it. And if you feel so inclined, leave us a review. We look forward to being with you again next week.